Oh dear. Hey guys, and welcome to the Coffee and Coding Podcast, the show where we discuss everything there is to know about app development. I'm your host Rob J, and in this episode, me and co-host Mitch Tabian chat with Simon Lightfoot, Flutter developer and CTO of development agency Dev Angels London. We talk all about Flutter, what it is, its many benefits over native apps, its one drawback, the future of Flutter, and much, much more. Now on to the show. So before we get into the chat with Simon, a little housekeeping. Firstly, thank you to @cartben on Twitter who donated to the show this week and bought me three coffees. It's much appreciated. So if you're listening and you'd like to donate to support the show, you can do so by going to coffeeencodingpod.com/donate. Secondly, If you're a freelancer or if you're interested in becoming a freelancer or you listened to episode 16 I did on freelancing and you found it really interesting, then you might be happy to know that I'll be launching a new podcast in the coming weeks. That's right, a whole new show where I'll be answering all your questions about freelancing. It's called Freelance Developer Q&A. You can tell by the naming that I'm a developer and not a copywriter or a marketer. Um, And there's a trailer up right now, so give it a listen. And if it's something you're interested in, then please do subscribe. You can find all the details at freelancedevpod.com. That's freelancedevpod.com. And yeah, give it a listen. Let me know what you think. If you have questions that you would like answered, then please fire them to me on Twitter at lowcarbrob or in the Coffee and Coding Slack channel, um, which you can also join by coffeeencodingpod.com slash Slack. I'm definitely looking for questions because it's a Q&A podcast. So if I have no questions, then there'll be no show. So any questions you have, fire them to me and um, that'd be awesome. And finally, on to today's episode. So this was another one I co-hosted with Mitch Tabian and you can find the video version of this episode on Mitch's YouTube channel at youtube.com slash codingwithmitch. It's a really great chat. I've been trying to get Simon on the podcast for a while, actually, since since like episode five or six, and he was doing a bunch of stuff. So he was super busy, but we managed to make it happen. And he's really incredibly knowledgeable about Flutter. And we definitely get into the weeds on this one and dive under the hood. So um, I can tell you that before this interview, I was a little curious about Flutter. I wasn't that interested. I was interested to know what it was and kind of how it works and that kind of stuff. But I didn't really think it would be anything more than just a a fun thing to hear about and to chat about. Um, And after this conversation, I'm 100% going to try it out. And I'm pretty sure that I'm going to be building my next app in Flutter cross-platform. So if that's not enough to intrigue you about this conversation, then I guess nothing will. Oh, also, Simon mentioned some diagrams and docs in this chat. I've linked them all up in the show notes, but if you want to watch him actually go through them, then again, check out the video version of this podcast on Mitch's channel, youtube.com slash codingwithmitch. Um, And aside from that, enjoy the conversation. Let us know what you think. Again, we'd really appreciate your feedback about how you like the co-hosting podcasts, like thumbs up, thumbs down, all that good stuff. Now onto our conversation with Simon. I think I, I'm going to give you a bit of a developer story here because it kind of leads into it. So, so I've been doing programming and development for like 20 years or something stupid, but specifically, was it been 11 years since Android began? I can't remember. It's, 10, it's just over uh, 10 years now. Uh, something, something like that. But when it came out here in the UK, it was the G1. And it was released here in the UK first before America. And at that time, I was doing um, HP PDAs. They were a thing back then. You know, the, the, you'd, you'd have to stab the screen to get to respond, you know, resistive touchscreens. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I was doing software for those 
all sorts of things point us out all sorts of random apps and, and j2me was a thing back then and uh that led to doing android and i've been doing android for 10 years and so you're doing android 10 years before you started doing flutter there's been an overlap, obviously, the last couple of years. Right. So, so um, you were on it since the beginning, right? Oh yeah, yes, yeah. so, since yeah. the beginning of Android, right? Basically. Okay. But the the point here was that was contract work, and I was doing stuff like I think my first gig was with LG, and the app I was building was shipped on every ROM, <laughs> so nice. it was like straight in the deep end. And I think what's happened, you were talking about how we get clients. Well, there's there's a certain bit of reputation that I've got I've got from doing all this work over the years. So it seems that people come to us. Does that kind of make sense? Like. So because you just because you've been around for so long that that was kind of just what happened. Yeah, I think that's thing that's the main thing and then 2015 I set up a company with a uh, few friends and it's it was the idea of I was contracting out at the time and when you're doing this contract work it's no it's just fine you know doing contract work for large companies I'm sure plenty of viewers have do the same thing and there's a point at which I was feeling that I'm doing this work and I can have an opinion about how something is done but it's never it's always going to be a side opinion. It's never going to be, you know, large corporations, they've already got their chain. They've got some designers that got their, you know, people. And I, w- I like the idea of making apps. I'm, I've always been making apps for a long time. So it kind of got to that point of, I want to control more of the sort of the, the, the whole type, process, the, the whole, whole process. like have input and design. I, 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 because of the knowledge I've gained, I'd be like, no, you don't want to do it like that. You want to do it like this. Don't have a burger menu over there. You know, no one can find it, whatever the, the things were at the time. And that kind of led into doing lots of the like startup a business and doing these apps for um, for lots of. St- I mean, it's been the clientele has been mainly startups, and uh, we've done a we actually we did some stuff for some internal apps uh, for things like Samsung and a few other big companies. Mm-hmm. But for the main main part is has been sort of lots of startup work or work through so another another piece of work that's out there freelancers probably know this is like digital marketing agencies. So so a mm-hmm. lot of them have one-off apps they're trying to do for some marketing scheme or program or for some big client they they want to rustle up something uh, so it's like power through quickly as possible uh with and you want an app and here's the key point this way kind of drove me to to uh flutter here this there's, there's a there's an element of speed and quality right and okay. there's no there's no problem with quality at, on android right like you you try hard enough you get all the nice animations you want you have all the nice transitions you want yeah. It just takes forever, mm. right? It really yeah. does. Yeah. I'm like, I think if I was trying to submit, when, I think it was Activity Transitions when they came out. Oh, I can't remember. It was a while ago. And I spent three days just trying to get this one transition to work and keep the status bar color and the, and the navigation colors right and like exclude those. And this, 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 it was insane. And then it's yeah. like... And I don't like, think anybody can argue with you there. It takes came, a long time. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things. So, so my journey into Flutter was I literally was an Android developer. I'm in the situation that I think you guys might have been in or are in at the moment, which is right. what is this cross-platform piece of rubbish, right? Like, like, like it's just another one of these pl- cross-platform things that's just, you know, it's never going to be as good as the, the, as the platform. There's all this other stuff. And that is know, the question always. Yeah. All these, all these reasons, right? All these reasons. I, I, I could list them all. And I was there. And what's kind of interesting is two things came along. One was I was, we, so as an agency, we were invited to Google's headquarters in London. Uh, there was like an agency developer day conference thing. Can't remember what it's called. And one of the Google developer relations team was up on stage talking about Flutter. And they actually went through how it's different from these other things under the hood, you know, all the details under the hood, how it works. I was like, actually, this, it sounds like, a good thing this sounds really interesting let's go well we're gonna try it out so straight after in fact i think it was that evening i was jumping online down on sdk and just 
giving it a go. And when and was that? How long ago was that? Well, that was Alpha. So, like four years, five years. Twenty. It was. It was late twenty seventeen, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, three. so it's like three, three and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was Alpha. So but this is the thing, right? Like Flutter, Flutter's been was around a couple of years before that, and we were hearing rumbles about it, you know, in the industry at large. But I've always disregarded because over my ten years, I've been doing what called over Phone Gap. Um, there was another one that was built off the top of one of them bunch of these platforms there's some with lewis script there's some with this and that and javascript this and obviously react and react native and all the things all the things right xamarin right there's another one right yeah, yeah. tick these off right ionic I, I, was that I, one i i actually helped make one of these cross-platform things oh really what was the name of it uh it was that's a good question <laughs> we'll wait here oh my god that was a long time ago Wikipedia, that's what we need. You know, I was actually talking to it was, somebody. It was for a company called Service to Media, and they were in um, the Netherlands. Okay. And they were, they were trying to build cross-platform products for, <laughs> here you go, Android, iOS, mm-hmm. and BlackBerry. <laughs> okay. And this is before BlackBerry supported Android, right? This um, the, the stuff. So, so this was like next-level horribleness. Anyway, and I, so I know firsthand how these things work and how terrible they can be. Like, like that whole thing, I'll be honest with you, it was like least common denominator, right? So you had a button. You couldn't, like, you had a button. There was no, like, oh, I want to change the color or I want to, like, change the elevation. No, no, no. There's no, like, you know, you've got right. a button. Here it is on the yeah. screen. You <laughs> get the default button from whatever platform you were on. But this was early days. This was very, very early days. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, um, cross-platforms. I didn't know there were so many. I thought there was only, like, the handful, the main handful, like, React, Xamarin, Flutter, you know, but actually, like you just said, there's a whole bunch. And I, I didn't realize this until actually it was only, I think last week I was talking to somebody in my Discord channel and they said they were randomly working on this like weird cross-platform thing. And he's like, I don't even know what the hell the name of it was, but we had to work on it. And I was like, what? So, so you just, so you just remind, I worked to the BBC and Nokia, there was a, Nokia had its, back then, and this is like 2013, 2014, Nokia had. So Nokia. Uh, sorry, Nokia. <laughs> Nokia. Anyway, uh, they had their own app store at the time for the Nokia phones. The BBC had like 20 language apps over in Nokia that I had to maintain, pull, update, various yeah. things. That was that. Yeah, that's another thing. That was all written in like HTML and CSS and JavaScript. It was terrible. So it was a very natural thing for you to, you, you saw Flutter, you have this experience well, with all of these garbage cross-platform tools and but this is it right so 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 you well, you have this experience right and that tells you not to do cross-platform right honestly mike that was it no cross-platform ever i was android that's it i'm good with android i know android i've done it for years you can get the job done and get the job done and, and so just that you have this experience right so especially with android right so that, that you know that the reason why they made recycle view was list view was just terrible and you had to use the view pattern if you hold a pattern with list view and now they made that yeah. into another thing with recycle view so you know the history as well you know this history from from, yeah. from doing it and then you kind of build upon that and you, you you because you've got that backing knowledge you can make decisions that are a lot quicker than a sort of junior coming to to sort of android yeah. right yeah, I can't remember my point now. <laughs> uh, you, well, you you're talking about how you're all, all these cross-platform things. You have all these experiences. You saw the presentation at Google, and you said, "Oh, this actually looks like not garbage," even though it, you, all of your experiences told you to stay away from this yeah, sort right. of cross-platform stuff at all costs. And, I mean, did I, I, what's really frustrates me from I was on that I'm on that side. I've been on that side of the fence, and I'm 
come to this side of the fence, you know, and there's so many people that are like that always, always have that opinion. Mm-hmm. And of course you can't convince, no, you can't, it's like, it's like um, when someone gets a new operating system, right. Or someone likes Mac rather than windows or, or you get a new virtual library. Why could it be the same as the old one? I knew where the button was to do this. Right. Yeah. That's always going to be a thing. So, so until you, until you have a specific problem in your life that the new thing will solve, there's no reason that a, a practical person would change. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we don't like change. No. So the the way the way I I see this whole thing and the way we so I did um I did a talk it was Joycon in London in in 2018 it was called Flutter for the discerning Android developer and I went through and explained what Flutter is really to an Android developer right again most people don't realize what it is so it's it's just a view right like it's called there's actually a Flutter view and it, so it runs Dart. It's not even a VM, right? It just runs your dark code. It's machine code, right? It, it has like a mm-hmm. shell that, that loads it up and runs like, just like any sort of, let's say you did NDK, you'd have a shared object file, right? .so file. Loads that up, runs the code, and then the result gets displayed in a Flutter view, right? And then mm-hmm. that can be wherever you want your application. You can have a tabs of Flutter views. You can have just one section of the app. You can have up screens, the entire app. It doesn't matter, right? It's just a view like an Android, right? And uh, so, so the talk sort of goes through all this and what it is that you ship and, various pros and cons and the reasons about it. So, you know, that I can leave Interesting. For yeah, I mean, I, I, w- I would definitely, uh, I'd like to listen to it even. Yeah, likewise. The po- sorry, the point I was going to say is at a conference, we had about 300 developers come up to our community booth and was like, why can't Flutter use Kotlin? <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> and there's many reasons, right? And to be honest, language is not a thing. For, to me, like, it's interesting I say that now, right? But I feel like you get attached to something you know, right? Syntax you know and things yeah. you like doing and there's again it's the same thing like oh i know how to do i think again it's just the syntax is still csr syntax right so you still have ifs and, and squiggy brackets it's and, very similar to, to java very so very it, very similar what's interesting though so swift and kotlin are very similar and both mm-hmm. have very similar things to javascript right the, and, yeah. and 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 sort of dart fits somewhere in the middle middle of all of them yeah. right i would say yeah between java and kotlin that would be like where dart is somewhere yeah. between them yeah so so does that make it a worse experience than Kotlin, but better than Java. If we're going from Kotlin was everything Java is not. Okay, so let me just bang something uh, on the wall here. There's a pro, there's a uh, package called KT Dart, which okay. gives you Kotlin lists and Kotlin everything and Kotlin functions. You just extend everything and you get everything like the Kotlin way, right? Oh, I mean, okay. didn't know that. Cool. So, yeah. so, so that's done by um, Pascal Welsh. Uh, it's GDE for for Flutter. I think it was GDE in Web before Flutter, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, there's the, the the problem here is, I mean, I think we all know that that so so from the history is you know Android runs David bytecode, which is mm-hmm. compiled from Java bytecode, which is compiled from Java source or mm-hmm. any other JVM based language, right? So that's where Kotlin comes in there, right? And there's 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 other things along the way there, but at the end of the end of the day, is it ends up being a DEX file, and that's what your your phone your the Android runtime interprets and runs and executes. <laughs> you're above my head on this stuff, but I'm 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 recognizing some of the words that you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> well, wait, but the point here is what what Android's been fighting against from from day one, right? Has been originally you'd write Java code, uh, Java uh, runs Java bytecode into Dalvik, right? Mm-hmm. And some of the optimizations they made were revolutionary at the time, right? So things like there's normally a set, a set of things you would do, like create a object with three parameters in the constructor. That's a very common pattern in Java. I don't know. I'm just picking that out of the air, right? So they would make one opcode, one one byte in the instruction set, do that full action. Does that kind of make sense? So okay. 
rather than having to say push parameter, push parameter, push parameter, construct object, push class name, something, you know, that was a lot more instructions yeah. there. They would make, so that's why it would be in like Java bytecode, but then in right. Java bytecode, it's like one byte, right? So that was a big optimization then. Yeah. So back to the, back to the point was coming back to, to sort of flutter, right? So this, to me, that that's kind of been the evolution, right? They've been improving and now you've got the, so you had the, I can't remember what the Android runtime was called before it's called Art. There was another name for it before Art. I think it was just Dalvik, I can't remember. Um, now it's called the Android runtime and it does JIT. They went through, what's it, a phase? They went through an Android release of AOT. So ahead of time, compile the entire application, right? So you'd ship your decks and then when you download it, when your app store downloads it, I don't think anyone remembers this, but when you download an app, from the app well, you might remember this. This is, this is very, this is in recent years. You download an app from the App Store, and when it says installing, it will take forever to install. I don't know if anyone remembers this. I actually had iPhone before I had Android, and I only okay. got my first Android four years ago, so okay. definitely well, not me. It took forever, and that was basically what actually was happening was it would run the compiler on the device. So it would actually compile your Dex code okay. into machine code. Right? Oh, okay. Android like a terrible app. idea. I, it, yeah. it, well, it was... Good because for, for performance. So when you run your app, oh, it's very quick because it's all been pre-compiled, but then it yeah. would take forever to do updates installations, right? Yeah, okay. So that was IoT. And then they went back to doing JIT, which is yeah. just in time. So as you yeah. run your code, as it's what's called the hot path. So let's say you, I'll give you a, a simple example on, on, on Android. You have a create on create on your activity, on your main activity that you boot your app up. That is the hot path, right? That's always going to run every single time you start your app up. Mm-hmm. Right? Gotcha. So that bit of code, that path of, of functionality is going to be compiled and saved in the cache for your, it's, uh, there's a code cache, byte cache for um, uh, for your application. So it doesn't have to uh, recompile that every single time it boots your app up. So your app will start faster. This is a good example, right? But again, the model of what I think it now is, is it's both AOT and JIT, right? In general, sort of, um, uh, Android binaries, right? So that is, it pre-compiles some stuff on download, but like the hot paths, but then when you run your app, the more you use certain bits of your app, the more it knows that you're going to reuse those bits and keep the code running. And you'll be Changes using, the hot paths, basically. Changes the hot paths, and you'll be using that machine code, right? But the whole process sense. still is a whole overhead, right? And, and the whole thing is still running, essentially, decks underneath. There's also certain things that, I mean, we all know like like boxing, unboxing of primitive data types to object data types, and that's like a thing. <laughs> and I know Kotlin's come way ahead in terms of helping to resolve some of the problems we had before in Java. But again, that's something that is inherently just JVM, right? Like you can't just get rid of that. It's always going to be there, right? So for me, with all this sort of knowledge, right, then, then sort of Dart comes along, and I realize when developing, we get JIT, right? So it, so it compiles the Dart code just like... Kotlin or, or Java into machine code as we run it, right? For mm-hmm. development purposes. But when we deploy our apps, it actually compiles it to machine code ahead of time, but not on the download and installation of the application before it ships. So your okay. APK file just has a .so file for x86, for x64, for ARM, for this, for that, right. for the other. Right. And now we have fat APK support in the Play Store. It just downloads the right set yeah. of uh, files. It doesn't download this huge you know, a hundred megabyte with every different version right, of right, right. Yeah. downloads yeah. the five megabytes for your, for your exact device. Right. So yeah, this, this is the way I see it, right? So you get ahead of time compilation, you get the power of what would be NDK. So C and C++ yeah. compilation, that speed, it ships with its own uh, garbage collector, right? So you don't have to do free and alloc in dark. It doesn't, you know, it's not like that, right? Because it ships with own JVM, you get um, things. So, so I think I can't remember what version, I think it was N. 
uh, Android released young, a young space scavenging uh, garbage collector, which basically means you can now allocate doing on draw, right? And on pain or whatever, right? Like before that was very discouraged. Like you never allocate during draw because it does 60 FPS and like you would just kill your, kill you keep, your. Yeah, you keep allocating every draw, every yeah, exactly, right. now, 60th now, of a second. But here's the thing. So Young Space Scavenging in the Garbage Collector works by if you allocate, it frees on that frame. And the next frame, it allocates exactly the same object from, from the from the sort of – it's like a pool of, of frequently used objects, if you will. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's, not, it's very simplified. But you get my point. Like, like, yeah. It, it gets rid of that problem of time to allocate and free in – Thus, that's a more beneficial to all developers and so on. Right. Using using the hot path analogy that you made with Uncreate, it's the same sort of thing. You have an object, you, it sees the object being reinstantiated. So it's like, okay, let's just save this object and reuse it kind of thing automatically. Yeah. There's yeah. a mechanism that does that automatically. More or less, yeah. yeah. Don't get me wrong, still, still obviously, here's the thing. It's always like a, like all programming has always been a, a time against memory, right? Like, you either save stuff in memory and so you don't have to keep allocating over time the save cpu bandwidth or vice yeah. versa right like there's always that yeah. balance so if we have to as a developer manually say oh, i want to keep this variable over here and i want to keep reusing like this paint or this path and reset the path and you know set new things on it during something that's that's fine but then that's just overhead on what we have to build and manage when if the compiler can do it for us it makes more sense right so is again to a limit it's all a balance so great that we now have that in android but again we don't have it on the older version so if you want to release an app you still can't build your apps if you want to release it to an older version before this was in the garbage collector you still can't allocate during pain because it would be mm-hmm. really slow and janky because so to come back to the point because dart ships with its own garbage collector as part of your app which has that support you don't have to worry about it you know as a language it's like a language level thing yes what you're saying yeah, yeah it's, it's it's, it's part of the memory allocation during your application running, right? So, right. so I could I did OS dev and driver development in the, my past, so I could talk about that. But yeah, it's just, it does memory allocation in, in a good way, right? Okay, okay. Um, we'll, we'll trust you. The key point here to mention, right? So, so one thing that people say Flutter is never going to replace Android. That's not what it's there for, right? It's a UI toolkit, right? In other words, it's there to, for building nice UIs and and all that. It's not really nice quickly. UIs quickly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's the quickly is just part of it. I mean, so 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 Flutter doesn't come with like GPS support, right? It doesn't have like a doesn't come with. I think we I think you sort of spoke about this before with the plugins, but it doesn't come with like uh, support for uh, recording for microphone or doing this or doing that. That that all comes from the platform, right? That you run it on. So that's where the plugins come from, right? Um, I've gone off on a complete tangent here. <laughs> totally fine. Um, um, I, I, I wanted to ask. So, so from my point of view, I've like Mitch has used Android and he's wrote, he's done the videos on it. And I want to ask you what you told him after you spoke to him last time when he said Flutter is for babies. Um, and I want to find out why it's not for babies. But so you're selling me on Flutter when I've been in the camp of it's cross-platform. I don't really care what people say. It, it, there's a problem. There's a problem somewhere, right? Um, so I have two questions, which is one. It gives all those benefits for Android, but if you go cross-platform to iOS, what does it do on that front? And then the second point, no, I had, oh, you've, you've, I've gone off my train of thought the same way that you just did it as well. Uh, <laughs> it sounds yeah. like you're trying to add. What you talk about, right, go on. It sounds like. Oh, so the sec- sorry, I got it, I got it. So the first point is what benefits does it have for iOS? So there are some is what you're saying. If you want to elaborate, that's fine. But but before you do that, the second point to that question is if there's benefits for Android and there's benefits for iOS, then where are the drawbacks? Because they have to be somewhere, right? 
This is the question I asked him. I'm like, where yeah. where are the drawbacks? So, so I have I, I remember having the same question myself. And I, I honestly, I mean, I'm I'm gonna say this, right? Like I'm I'm pro flutter or something, right? I'm sure. completely biased in this opinion, right? You got the like, banner you know, behind you. I've got the so. banner. <laughs> yeah. But um yes, yeah, so, so so the same benefits, really. So so you have to remember that that whole approach of cross this is take cross platform, just come back to that point because this matters for ios so back in the day java was java was brilliant right it was at one point brilliant right and that was it was it actually was quick like on the hardware it made sense at the time it just hasn't moved yeah. with the times but it made sense at the time and it made cross-platform possible before mm -hmm. then you were writing in c plus plus you'd have to call all the os apis for windows to make a windows app all the ones for mac to make a mac app you would have to do yeah. it for your browser you have to do javascript and you'd have to do all these separate things and all these different languages and it was a massive pain we've come further forward but it's still the case right like like we know that doing cross-platform with javascript is not a good idea because inherently the way javascript works is it just doesn't work and it doesn't interact well with the with the base platform so you always have to the term is bridge right you have to cross a bridge right so that is whenever you want to do something with the native system, you have to cross that bridge. So example is, let's say I want to say create button display in the middle of the screen. Two operations, you know, create an object and move to this position or something. I don't know. In JavaScript land, you would you would cross that bridge to tell your the shell that runs your native app to create a button, an actual Android, you know, button object, and then to move it and to do all these things, right? But the actual logic is sitting in JavaScript, right? Mm -hmm. That whole paradigm is basically how all cross platforms essentially work right you're trying to take advantage of the, the the platform's native features because to do it any other way means you have to do all of the ui yourself and that is inherently impossible before flutter right so in terms of no one company had expertise in design expertise in graphics rendering expertise in all these other areas and then sort of Google's managed to come along and say, oh, we got, we did Chrome, we did this, we did that, pick some engineers from here, then everywhere and bring them together to come up with the solution that we have now. Right. And that's moved the rendering barrier. So because the app renders everything itself, you no longer have to cross that barrier to do anything with the UI. The UI, the UI side of this problem is solved by yeah. Flutter. Was, yeah. Yeah. And that's full 60. I mean, I've got on my Pixel 4, I get 90 FPS out of Flutter, right? So you get your full frame rate, right? You get all that sort of benefit. All your animations and you, I, I could go on forever, but I, I just want to carry this point across. We got time. Um, I will carry this point across then. So, an example of the animations framework. How many animation APIs do we have now in Android? I think it's five, right? And they're and different then, for every like kind of component too. Right, so. exactly. Yeah. Right. So you just yeah. suddenly you have this. They all also not great either. Like even when activity transitions came out, that was not as smooth as the video that they showed us. I will say motion layout is pretty excellent compared yeah. to the other animation related things that i've done motion layout is pretty excellent right and this but very is different than everything else right yeah. right but this is the thing because like, it takes on board itself to do it all right but again you couldn't use motion this thing you can't use the principle of motion layout to cross activity boundaries right like it's a view it just doesn't work that way right and this is it the fundamentals of how it all behaves is different so back in the day whenever it was and uh, back ago, in my day Okay. <laughs> one of the apps I worked on, I decided I've had enough of this. I wanted nice, smooth animations. There were some animations that just came out, like circular reveal and a few of these other fancy things that were happening yeah. at the time. And I wanted to make an application which was gorgeous UI and I was doing Android, right? So I did something I've never done before or since, I think, <laughs> but I decided to make everything a view. 
So instead of having right. like screens, I had views for an entire screen, yeah. right? It's like a single page application type setup, right? So view groups and I had some layouts and I, and I decided yeah. to do a single activity application. And, and that principle really works, right? Because you have full control over the stack. You're not, you're not depending. I mean, this is kind of also where Flutter sits in because Flutter, the shell handles that for you, like the life cycle, you literally just build all your screens and you have all your widgets and everything and it renders them in one view which takes right. up the entire activity. So you don't have, again, you don't have those limitations, right, from from the frameworks. And again, comes back to the point because, so there's a diagram. In fact, I'll give you a link if you want to put it in the description about the, yep. there's a massive architecture overview. It's one big document that goes through how Flutter works internally. Like it covers lots of questions and answers from probably from a lot of the viewers. There's a key point here in that it broke into layers. You have a, a C++ layer, right, of Flutter, which is called the engine, and that's pre-compiled. So when you build your apps, you don't have to compile any C++ code, right? But there's mm-hmm. a layer which is in Dart. It's called, it's what we call it the framework, right? And it's basically like all of the classes you expect, like all the button classes and everything else. That's all Dart code. That all gets compiled into your app. So you, you, when you ship your app, you've got two, two SO files. One is the libflutter which is the engine, and the other one is libapp, which is your application code. Your application code ships the frame, the, essentially the framework file, so the code for button, the code for text field, all yeah. this kind of stuff. The key point here is you think, obviously, small brain thinks, oh, my God, that's huge, right? But big brain, when he knows that that Dart is the tree-shaking compiler, knows it's going to strip out everything you don't use, like ProGuard does, beforehand, not afterwards. So you don't compile everything and then strip out what you don't need. You only compile what you actually use. Right. Yeah, but this is the thing. So you said, why use Dart? Well, because when you can control the entire pipeline of language, how it builds, all the all the points along the road, you know, then you can make these optimizations. You can make better decisions instead of limiting yourself to like saying using Java, right? So using yeah. Java, using Java, you can't just go add features and that stuff. Like that's not Java anymore, right? So Dart being made by Google, they can make these decisions. Like um, going back to my point, it ships because it ships in your app. Whenever there's an update, so like we have this problem on Android, right? <laughs> We've always had this problem. They ship like a button in the framework, right? Uh, well, I'm trying to think of something. Fragments. Fragments yeah. were shipped in the framework, right? And it was like, yeah. great, we got fragments. And then it's like the next version comes out. But I want this feature. And then uh, now I have to do it if this version of Android do this thing yeah. and that version this yeah. thing. It was crazy. Right. This was before the support yeah. library. It's okay. Right, yeah. right. Then I think it was around that time with Action Bar Sherlock, I think it was by Jake mm-hmm. Morton and a few of the other things back then, out came the support libraries and it was heaven. It was like, yay, we can just code and one. It still wasn't great, but it, it, it solved a lot of problems. And then now it was the Android X now and, and something's gone further. Uh, well, originally, I think his question was uh, the drawbacks. The drawbacks was, of like, I, yeah, yeah, generally, but then also more specifically about iOS. So, do you know, yeah. like, so, but, so this is the point, right? So, you get the same benefit. So, because it ships the runtime as part of your app, so so you've got the framework, you've got the the, the engine, you've got the run um, garbage collector, all that, because it ships okay. part of your app. It doesn't. So, it, so it ships to both platforms. Those benefits are shipped to both. Not just both. All platforms. All platforms. Okay. 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 I gotcha. All right. Flutter supports Windows, Mac, desktop, mm-hmm. Linux, desktop, iOS, Android, and embedded. Right. So like Raspberry Pi or whatever you want. Because okay. it can do this because it's tightly coupled together. It's one unit, right? The only dependence it has is a very small layer on the operating system, right? To to yeah. draw the main part of Flutter, right? And to have mouse or cursor input or you know touch input go into Flutter and you know obviously output the graphics, right? 
Yeah. Last time after I talked to you, I don't, for those of you who don't know, cause I never actually uh, said this, but uh, last time me and Simon talked, he, he actually contacted me cause he saw my flutters for babies video and he wanted to tell me that flutter is not for babies. And uh, well, I don't know what your objective was, but anyway, he contacted me and we ended up talking for like three hours and he was telling me all these things. And I walked away with definitely a new appreciation for flutter for sure. I mean, I've, I'm, I'm on the fence right now. I'm, I'm not trying to, this is the thing, right? Like, I don't want to change anyone. To, I, all, I, all I want, if anyone, if I want one thing from this whole thing would just be try Flutter, right? Because the thing is, at the end of the day, it's like that whole thing. Like you can, a lot of people say, oh, I don't do the cross-platform people, but then they've even tried it, right? Yeah, it's, a lot of people have been burned, I think. That's why. It's like yeah. there's a lot of garbage out there or things that have caused a lot of problems. And it's it's like, you know, do I really want to go in the pool again? Uh, yeah, exactly, right? I'm not sure. <laughs> but, then, but then also to that point, still, Simon, lots of pressure on that, but still, I haven't had one drawback yet. There has to be something, right? So, so you were talking about this is the problem I've got because because it runs on top of the current system, right? Because it runs on top of Android. Anything you can mm-hmm. do in Android, you can still do with Flutter. Anything, anything, right? Yeah. Bar a couple of things. Okay, this is, this is what I'm looking <laughs> for. All right, I'm ready. So, so, so a good example of this is, is because of all the rendering in Flutter, if you want to use an external library's custom view, so let's say Google Maps. Now, you can use Google Maps in Flutter. That's been solved, right? Mm-hmm. But I'll give that as an example. So Google sure. Maps is always like a black box external to your application you include their library you say mm-hmm. make a google maps view or fragment or whatever and yeah. um it's there on the screen you have no idea how that whole thing is drawn and, and how it works internally that's a black box so when it comes to flutter how do you get the native view that native android view of google maps in your flutter app because it doesn't use native views right that's inherently the problem right now in most situations you're like well i would just like have a like find the version of that library for Flutter or Dart or whatever, right? And just use that. Hopefully, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when that's not possible, or you're using some third party that just doesn't support Flutter, right? You can still use all their libraries. You can still use all of their stuff. It just becomes what what you lose out on. So I'll, I'll go a little bit under the hood. In Android, we have a presentation display, which is basically an external display screen, right? It's a virtual hidden display screen. So. Uh, it's the same thing that happens when you have like two monitors. You can plug like a monitor into your phone and it will show you two displays, right? So the way it works is you take your view, your Google Maps view, for instance, chuck it in that virtual display, and we capture the virtual display into a texture in the GPU. So it never it doesn't cross memory or anything like that. It stays in the GPU, this, cri- this critical point. Inside of Flutter, we say render this texture in this, in this coordinates of the screen in the composition layer. So obviously there's a problem here. So any touches that happen in Flutter now have to cross that bridge from the dark NDK from the C++ code, essentially, right? Over into Android world, where it then sends the, the pointer events to the actual native view. Native view reacts by like, let's say Google Maps moving the map. And then the results obviously get displayed in the GPU texture and displayed inside Flutter, right? Mm-hmm. But that's kind of like a long, sort of a long way around. It's still very yeah. quick, right? And there's no no lag you get in that at the moment, right? But it still makes it difficult, right? So if you ever want sure. to implement something that is from an external provider, you need to build that wrapper yourself. You need to build it's called a it's got a platform channel, but you need to build the bit of code which actually crosses that bridge and and hosts the view, right? They, they that, give you all yeah. the components, right? But obviously that's 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 a difficult thing to do to for anyone new. But the kit critical point here is it's still just that once you've done that little bit of native code to do that, the rest is done in Flutter, right? So if I was to build an app 
to use Google Maps, I'm still going to have to do the wrapper bit, right? I'm still going to have to say, oh, on create, do the Google Maps, on on destroy, destroy the map and host it or detach it or whatever it might be, right? So for me, it's like I still, you still have might have to do a little bit of native code, right? Not just rely totally on Flutter. So, so basically, all you're saying is you you have to build you have to build that that tunnel from Flutter to the native thing. Yeah. So I could, I mean, this is only if it doesn't exist already. Yeah, if it doesn't sure, exist I, already. Yeah. But I think, I think it was, they just released um, Windows Alpha. Every, I mean, I've been using Windows for like a year with Flutter, but like, you know, it's just been officially released as Alpha now. It's like, you know, I think it was Alpha or Beta, I can't remember. But there's a stat, like like there's now, I think it's 100,000 apps now released on the Play Store, which are Flutter apps, right? Yeah, it's a lot of apps. And, and that's since since like it was released, right? That was like a year and a half ago. I can't, I can't remember now. And I, th- I can't remember the growth rate. Is it something silly like like? Yeah, well, last time we talked, that was an app a month or something getting released with Flutter, right? This isn't a small thing. Like, this is not like, you know. Last time we talked, you that was right when uh, that new graph came out. I think it was on Stack Overflow or something. And it was like Flutter overtook like all of the other cross-platform things. I can't, something like that. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, th- th- this is the, the insane thing. The growth has been like this because it- it's one of the things that as soon as you try it, you realize, oh, that was easy. I mean, here's a good example. Like, try and transition one view to from one position on the screen to, like, you know, like, like make it larger on another activity. Try doing that between two activities. You, mm-hmm. That just doesn't happen, right? You have to do yeah. the fake thing where you say, oh, oh, launch a new activity, but hide the destination and move it down here and then animate the coordinates to where it should be and all these other nonsense to get that yeah. kind of effect, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It gets messy. It gets messy. It gets in your way, right? And then in the flutter, I'm just like, oh, it's done. <laughs> and it, and right. I'm not joking. It's like something that takes me, like would take me on Android, like a day probably to k- kind of get all the things right or more. I'm doing that in half an hour. You know, it's insane. Like, like, like the productivity you get because it's like this. The way I always think of it is if you worked at Google right now, you two, right? And you were given the opportunity to rewrite android from the ground up like the entire ui stack and how it works and how it behaves you know what you wouldn't do right yeah for sure right? more or less yeah right you would do it completely different you would do this that, and the other and you would but this is the thing like, like android has not it's evolved but it's always seems to feels to me like it's been bolted after bolt on right like yeah the foundation is still the same right it's not changed and that's fine yeah. you know it's it, it's been heavily tested it's it's yeah. you know if it's an operating system let it be yeah. an operating system let your app be where it wants to be, which is all this nice UI and graphics and use the operating yeah. system features. And that's the way yeah. I see this, right? I, someone was telling me the other day, like, oh, it's really bad because, like, you know, you, your your Dart app compiles and it ships the, the all this sort of UI and uh, all this runtime engine and whatever else, the allocator. What do you think happens when you ship your app with um, the support libraries? You get all this stuff thrown in, right? Like, like before you know it, you ship with the Google Play and all the rest of it and Google Play services and all this and you, your app, jumps by like 14 meg or something mm-hmm. silly, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Just to include that stuff. And you include this other library to do this and you okay to be that and you know, Moshi or whatever to do your JSON passing, JSON, whatever. And like before you know, you got all these different things and it bumps up the size of your, of your app. And it's like, well, the way this works is instead of having these things bolt on and then having pro guys sort of clear out the bushes at the end, trying to bring down the size, you end up with this notion of we use code generation. We don't have reflection. We don't have mirrors or anything like that. We use code generation. I was, that was my. That was what I was going to ask about the channels. Actually, is it does it use reflection or does it use like how does how does that work? So it's all based on uh, basically uh, like hash maps, so like key value pairs and names for methods, right? So it's the very fundamental basics, right? And that's done because of cross platform capability, right? So you can you can ensure that that 
principle is going to be available on all platforms, right? You could just imagine this uh, platform channels as, as RPC, right? You just I don't remote, know what that is. Remote procedure call. Okay. So if you're uh, uh, on Android, you might do IDL, which is I don't know if yeah. you. This is this is this is way advanced stuff. So I remember, I remember, and I remember. I don't know what that is either, but go so, ahead. So uh, interface a, AI, AI deal, right? A, yeah, Android interface. Oh, oh, I actually do know what that is. AI yeah. Deal. Oh, yeah. Sorry. So, so okay. you would describe your interface. You describe your methods yeah. and the parameters, and you and it generates you the Java code, which which does yeah. the serialization and communication across mm -hmm. the channels, and that literally is it's across a, it's, it crosses the. Um, it crosses the, the kernel channel to the other right. process for the other applications. So you can do the, the remote procedure calls uh, against the other like app instance running, right, or whatever. And it's essentially the same thing, right? So you're taking mm -hmm. whatever that you run some code in Dart, and then it takes those parameters, serializes them across a channel as buffers. They receive, they receive the other end, and then they're uh, unserialized into the platform that you're on. So if it's iOS, you get like... How does it know which platform, string. though? Because you don't ship, you, sorry, so let me be clear. When you build your app, you're building it for Android. Or you're yes. building it for iOS, so you're building it for Windows. So it only builds the code for Windows. Oh, okay. So it's the end of the channel when it's received right. is by Windows, right? right okay. Right, right. The way it actually works, in essence, is you're plugging Rich's name for itself. It's like a unique, like like um, um, applicate, uh, like a, a package name or a, you know, bundle ID for, for iOS. A unique ID for your plugin and it uses that as a key on both sides. So in the dark code, you have that string, and you say send run a method on this platform channel with this name. You tell the yeah, you tell the method and name. It registers itself with that name, with and it handles those methods. So it's kind of okay. two way yeah. communication. I see. But this is all explained in this architecture overview. I'll, I'll plug it in there. There's no point going okay. for these technical details. I mean, I don't think. Uh, I mean, I'm interested, I mean, but I mean, people might be. But visualization is cool as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You want to see these nice charts. I think people are a bit, uh, I think there's that whole aspect of, oh, what what happens if the button doesn't ex act or feel exactly like a platform button? That's always been a thing, right? Yeah. It's not going to be the same. They they just, uh, I mean, you say that, right? But then when, when like, you don't actually build an app with a native platform look and feel, right? Yes, you've got sure. material design, but that's yeah. material design guidelines. That's the, that's a design specification. And then when, if you're building an app for a large corporate, they have their own design people yeah. and design guidelines and specification. So, you know, that doesn't really hold much weight. And then the look and feel like, like scrolling behavior that that's matched. Right. I, and you mm -hmm. can choose to do your own and it's not difficult. And here's the thing, right? Again, because we come from the native platform, you go, Oh my God, to make my own, like, like algorithm for bouncing off and scrolling and for doing this. It's like, Oh my God, that would take forever. And that, that's hard work. And I don't want to do that. Right. Like, but it, it honestly, it's ridiculously easy to do those things. And again, it's about the way that the framework has been built. The interesting point here again is like, let's say, one of the big decisions that came up, I think it was beta before the main uh, Flutter release, and that was there was a question that went out as part of this. This, by the way, is quarterly um, surveys they push out to the community for, to get feedback. They have all their issue tickets. That's another thing we could talk about, right? <laughs> issue tickets and chats and all sorts of other various ways of communicating. But they do this quarter seven. One of the questions was breaking changes. What do we want to do about breaking changes? And they're completely allowed. Right, but the point here is that they are announced. They're a part, you know. They're on. They they get told that you're going. They're going to break and change. It's a whole procedure. But the point is, we're allowed to have them. It's not like maintain backwards compatibility for ten years. You know. Yeah. The the your best uh, your, the best option for a developer is still to know some native code on both sides. And Flutter is a good option in a lot of cases. That's what it seems like to me. But for me, I, I got to the point. So if we. I mean, coming back to the 
business thing. Where we did it because iOS developers were expensive, mm. and then doing the doing stuff for startups, startups didn't don't have the capital to just suddenly invest in a very good sort of contract to iOS developers to do this work. Mm. And I thought I I can do iOS dev and I can you know write C plus plus code and all the rest of it, but I'm not experienced with all the APIs, so it would take me a lot longer to produce something that's detriment to to the the um, end result. So again, Flutter came along. It's like, oh wait, we can do it in this, and it works on both. That's brilliant. That solves the problem, right? So, so you're so you're pretty. Are you pretty busy then? Like you're like full time, just giving her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it was quite funny because because when lockdown happened over here in the, in the UK, I, I saw everyone around me was like, oh, we can get to sit back and watch net Netflix and and watch catch up on our TV and movies and everything else for like like a month or whatever it was that everything was properly shut down for. Yeah. On the other hand, I was just flat out, you know, and never stopped. People were working with flat out. It's like never stopped. And how, how many employees do you have? So we only have the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, we do lots of con- have contractors and stuff. So um, cool. And that varies. So so that'd be based on project. I think the max we've had it once is probably seven. And like, how many do you do per year? Just out of curiosity. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is the thing, right? Like, so so you think that depends on. So it's got more and more busier for a start, right? So. Right. I think the first year was probably just two or three, but they were like, you know, six months each, probably, no, maybe a bit, maybe one was a bit less. I think the first one was in a hotel booking app. So like booking your room in a hotel. And that was one of the very first ones. Did, um, what else did I do? Oh, the list goes on and on. It'd be the time I did a, 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 a pet adoption app. That was, that was an interesting Ado- Adoption? Yeah, so you could oh. uh, basically, so these the shelters that have pets, they can put their... Oh, pet adoption. I thought sorry. you meant like human adoption. <laughs> human oh, adoption. No, 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 pet, pet adoption. So okay, okay. It was, um, they basically, all these shelters can subscribe, put their, put up their photos of all their animals, and then people can... It was basically like Tinder, like the interface. Like, like, mm. right. So when these companies come to you, this is the question that I was curious about is, are they coming to you because they want a flatter app, or are they coming to you because they want two apps and they don't care how it's built? So they come mainly came for Android and then it was like iOS and now we can do both. And then Flutter, I picked up as the, as the CTO, I was like, no, we looked at Flutter. This is brilliant. This is kind of, so picking up more, more work. So more of our work shifted over to, to being done in Flutter. And now everything is, and it's, it's more of a case of, I said, like, like the, all the benefits that it brings and the clients don't care what it's built in. They don't. Okay. That's, that's, like, that's what I was getting at. Yeah. More of the clients, the clients we have now were like wanted to be done in Flutter. They come in because we do Flutter, right? Whereas in the in the interim, it was always about they just want an app, and then when you can make an app very quickly and you can do it with fancy animations, it looks great and it does exactly what it says in the tin, and you did it in like really quick and it's good code, it's clean code. Yeah, why wouldn't you want that, right? Yeah, it doesn't really matter at that point. Obviously, the big drawback at the very beginning. It's not like it was, especially in in the industry now. But when 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 Flutter was beta. This was before it became uh, released. The concern, obviously, is maintenance, right? So things like mm-hmm. where are we going to get dark developers from? We're we going to get people that do flat from and this, right? But that's not like it's gained so much traction, and so and so many people have been working with. It's no longer that case, right? Like you can go find anyone. Like there's hundreds and thousands of people now that do. That would definitely be my concern if I, if I was a business owner and I was getting that. Yeah. My my first concern would probably be, yeah, what what happens if I lose you as the developer? Can yeah. I find someone to replace yeah. you? What's kind of interesting about this is I found two things over, over the is it two and a half years, three years, nearly. I don't know that I've been doing uh, Flutter for the two things I can tell you is bringing on juniors 
um, that come out of like university, like the people that have done Java and whatever at, at, at university as they teach, you know, as they Python and teach languages and such, they pick up Flutter like just straight away. No, no problem at all. Dart and Flutter, like, like just because they've got no preconceptions, right? Like they'll just pick sure. it straight up and they're straight in and super quick, right? Like the, the path for an, uh, uh, for a developer that's coming, you know, intermediate advanced, you know, developer from, from, Android or iOS is definitely harder, right? Because you're coming with like those notions of oh, what's an act. You, you know, this is an activity. We don't have activities, right? So, so what do I do instead of an activity? How do things behave and work? So you're always when you move from one to the other, you're always going to be coming with those aspects of how do they relate? So, like, oh, well, what's an activity? What's a fragment in Flutter, right? Yeah, those don't exist. So you'll be looking. You'll be barking up the wrong tree for a start, but this is the problem you're going to get when you move from anything. Right. And there's always going to be that, that sort of bump. Right. So it's just, I said, like, just like getting a new operating system, like where do they move this button to now? Once you're used to where the button is, you're fine. Right. But it's always yeah. about getting over that initial hump. Once you're over that initial hump, it's like smooth sailing. And then it's like, then you start doing things like, Oh, I want to do this. And then you're like, I just did that. That would have taken me ages to do this other thing. Or, or it would have been really difficult. And it's like, and again, like the materials, Flutter teaching materials is just like, like there's thousands and thousands of articles, like because and that's the interesting thing: people coming from being web developers to doing Flutter, people coming from from having no development experience and using Flutter as their very first development experience and making apps. And these people are making, and this is the scary thing. I know this is scary because as a, a advanced Android developer, you, you're you're being paid a, a, a non-considerable amount of money to to produce something that's of high quality, high grade because you know. Not many people have that level of expertise and experience, right? Like, yeah. um, they got to spend the time, right? They got to spend ten years trying to get to that point. Yeah, yeah. it's, a, it's yeah. you paid more because you've put in. You know, it takes a lot. You can't find those people because it takes so long to get that knowledge. And I can tell you right now, all of the there's tons of Android developers out there that are scared of Flutter because it's super easy to make apps, right? Because then, where is my career going to go? What, what am I gonna, like? You know, makes how, sense. How can I compete with that? You know here's another thing don't fight it join it right in terms of like learn yeah. it and then if something does switch in the industry and go oh now we're going to do a ton of stuff in flutter or, or the majority starts going in that route or who knows what's going to happen in the future i'm just picking things out of the air here but then you're ready right because you know what what you can do you really can learn it quickly like i spent a month on flutter and i felt pretty comfortable like I, f- I felt like I could build pretty much anything that i needed to build this is it right and yeah. it's, it's only when you start and again i think it's it's, it's super, again, it's the, it's the hot reload, hot restart, right? So whenever you're doing anything with the UI, so it's not just UI. Again, so to be clear to anyone that hasn't tried Flutter viewing this, you write the UI in code, right? It's not like in Android when you want to create a view and then you need to set its parent and you need to you know, yeah. set children and do all that, like build the hierarchy yourself and like manually, like it's just horrible to do it in like manually like that, right? And it's complete the com- sort of converse, you know, with the declarative UI and the different approach, then it makes sense to do it that way. Well, and it- si- Simon, yeah. we, uh, I only wanted to make this podcast go about an hour and we're at an hour and a half now. So right. I do, yeah. I do want to cut it off, but I want to I ask you a question before you go because this is something that I'm curious about and I know a lot of people are curious about. You know Jake Warden, I'm sure. Yeah, I've met Jake on many occasions, bought beers with him, yeah. Okay. Um, why does Jake Warden say that Flutter should fail? What What is the, his... I, why does he I, say that? I got into quite a heated debate with him at one point about Flutter. Well, then um, great. Let's let's hear it because I, I don't understand why he says that. It seems like a nice so, tool to me. 
at, I mean, at the time, he just moved to Google. Obviously, I think it was, um, it was oh, it's a while ago. I mean, the, the 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 points that he made are completely valid points. I mean, like for example, and this is this these are all valid points. So, uh, give an example. So, an Android a, a view group or view has a display list, right? That's like that we have the render tree in Flutter. It's the series of commands that's sent to the GPU to render the screen, right? So I draw a line from here to here with this color, do this, do that, to the other. It's things that you do in Canvas, like those operations. They're all sent to the GPU and then it renders it in, in a frame, right? Just like a game, it renders everything for that sit, for that one frame of graphics on the right. screen, right? The reason why we actually do that, by the way, is again, to cross the, to cross the bridge from CPU to GPU. If we were to send every pixel for the screen every second, uh, so every frame, for a second, we would spend probably like three gigabits of bandwidth to just to transmit like one frame of HD graphics for, for yeah. 60 FPS, right? It, it's ridiculous amounts of data you have to send. So instead of sending that data, we send the commands to draw the data on screen, like fill this, like imagine most of your screens probably like if you have a browser, most of it's white, right? So you say fill right. screen with white, draw text here, right? right? You send them over to the graphics. You send the instructions instead, instead of the graphics. Right, so this is exactly, um, so the point here that he made to me at the time was, why when we've got Android and it's got all this stuff they've done and optimizations they've done with that pipeline and they've done all this performance stuff and they've done all this work, right? And they've made it stable and all this. Why do I want to just go to this other thing that's fresh and, you know, does it all itself and yeah. might have bugs in it or, or, or anything else? That's a valid point, right? But at the same time is why do I want to stagnate? Why not get something fresh, right? Mm -hmm. And the other thing is because it ships from my app, if they fix a bug, like let's say I ship my app today and then they go, oh, there's a bug. All right, I'll just download the new version, build it and send out a new app. I'm not waiting on the operating system, right? I'm not waiting for a new release of the OS to get these benefits, right? So wait, for me, that's, to a, good, that's, that's a good point, well. right? So for me, it's about that barrier. That barrier has moved. It's always it's always been a problem, as I said earlier, with the support library. Like, you know, shipping the OS, it takes forever. You should be yeah. with the app now. That's the whole point of the support library. You don't have fragments from the OS anymore. You don't use them. You use the support library fragments, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Android X, right? But the same principles are involved. You try and ship as much as you can in your app now rather than shipping it from the using the OS component. So it's just taking that to the next level for me, right? Like it's saying, like, render it and do that. And then, you know, they've spent, I think it's about five years now building the Flutter engine and, like, bringing those kinks out. At some point you mentioned the other day, I'm going to pick this up right now quickly, issue tickets. Someone said, like, there's 5,000, I don't even know how many now, like, issue tickets. Yeah, more than 5,000 for sure. Right. But the point here is, like, people go, oh, that's 5,000 bugs that Flutter has. It's like, no. They're not bug tickets. A lot of them are like feature enhancements or sure. I don't like the way you do this, right? Do it this way, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. There's tons of discussions on there. There's tickets that have been around a long time just discussing general things. The point of how many tickets there are is about how active it is, right? How active the community is. Everyone's loving it. I mean, how often do you find a bug? Do you, how often do you file a ticket with any sort of repo? I mean, I do, but only because... Yeah. You've got a vested interest. Let's let's say yeah. you've you using okay. yeah. right. Let's say you have okay using okay HTTP and suddenly you find a bug. You're like, oh well, I might fix that bug or I might do a workaround and post it up on an issue ticket and 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 bring that back to everyone else that's using it, right? If you were if you were interested in that thing, you might make an issue ticket that says, oh please do this, right? You know yeah. that's the kind of thing that we see a lot, right? So Jake, so J your to answer his right. question, Jake, it, he says that why waste all of this? these resources that have already been used. Yeah. 
that's basically it. Well, essentially, essentially, that was from what I remember. That's what it was, and it was again like like you've got all these engineers on the Android team doing all this stuff. And again, it's for my ideas. It's not we're working on top of that system, right? Like without the system being in place, Flutter wouldn't be a thing. It's not an operating system, right? So it's not got that level of you know. It doesn't require that level of of you know stuff. Well, that was interesting. I enjoyed that. <laughs> I could definitely talk for hours. So I'll do yeah, I'm sure. We could do it again if you like. We should definitely do it again sometime. I, 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 I think I want to challenge you guys. I want to challenge you guys. I want you guys to try out Flutter. I've already done it. Mitch has done it. I have not. Okay. So, I, so- I know. I'm no. You've convinced me to go and try it. So I am going to go and try it, and I will definitely let you know what I think. I think that's it, right? I want to. I want to. I want to hear. I want to hear your yeah. questions and opinions and everything else after trying it, and then. Yeah, I mean, what you said makes sense to me because I totally would approach it like, oh, how do you make activities? And hey, oh, where's the coroutines? Because I only know what I know, and I'm trying to translate it. But if I can try and clear my mind and just look at it as like, just build Flutter stuff, and not worry about how it translate. UI stuff that's going to blow your mind. It's not like the the back end, you know, coroutine stuff. That's all. <laughs> it's all very similar to what you do already. It's okay. uh, that's going to be like, okay. like that yeah. I'll, I'll give you something. Uh, coroutines. Uh, yeah. We had we've got async and await. So yeah. mark, like like you have a suspend and and, and await. Right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Functions being async, and then you can await on that function. Okay, and literally exactly the okay. same. All right, then I'm going to try and make some super complicated UI app, and I will let you know how it goes. Yeah. If you have any questions, reach out. I will. I will for sure. Yeah, awesome. well, I'll point you at the right places to look. I might, you know, you know, I've been, I, and I've never said this on video yet, and <laughs> I was trying, but I, I think I might do my next Android course with Flutter. I might, I think I might. Nice. nice. I'm leaning heavily towards it because it's. Uh, I'm interested, and it seems, it seems cool. It uh, it does solve a lot of, the, especially the UI stuff. The UI stuff is like. The Android UI stuff, you described it perfectly. You could spend a day, spend two days, spend three days on a thing that it should be simple to do. It, it just never is. Never, never is. simple. And then with Flutter, my experience was it was very simple. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. Uh, we should definitely do it again. I had fun. Yeah, likewise. Big thanks to today's guest, Simon Lightfoot. You can find him on Twitter at DevAngelsLondon. You can also find out more about his development agency at DevAngels.London. And finally, you can find the video version of this chat on YouTube at youtube.com slash codingwithmitch. Finally, if you like the show, you can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and don't forget to leave us a rating or a review. You can do that either via Apple Podcasts or via podchaser.com. The link is in the show notes. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so with a coffee donation at coffeeencodingpod.com slash donate. Caffeine is literally what fuels this podcast. If you'd like to connect with me, you can do so on Twitter at lowcarbrob. And if you'd like to connect with like-minded developers and other listeners, you can do so in our Slack community at coffeeencodingpod.com slash Slack. Thank you for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode of the Coffee Encoding Podcast.